Hello, I am your host, Tabari McCoy, and welcome to A Tight 45. A Tight 45 is brought to you by Everybody's Records, located at 6106 Montgomery Road in the Pleasant Ridge neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio. Everybody's Records has been independently slinging music for 42 years. Swing in and dive into a deep catalog of music, including vinyl, or bring in your own CDs or LPs for cash or trade. Listening in from out of town? Be sure to check out their website at www.everybodysrecords.com. and welcome. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of A Tight 45. I, of course, am your host, Tabari McCoy, and I thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to go ahead and spend some time listening to the show. And on today's show, I have a guest who, this is one of my favorite interviews that I've done. It's not even so much an interview, it's just a conversation. Um, it's with Miss Katie Boyle. Katie is an Irish-born comedian that now lives here in America, in New York City. Started stand-up here in New York City after moving here not to do comedy. And the conversation is, uh, it's interesting. It is uh, funny. And it is uncensored. So if you do not like profanity, if you do not like adult conversation, and certain topics make you uncomfortable, this is your only warning that this may not be the episode of a tight 45 for you. Uh, maybe it's because it runs 50 minutes with the interview or so, but give or take. But uh, if you uh, are not offended or bothered by those things, um, you will probably enjoy this episode a lot because Katie is just a fun person. She's a genuine person and by all accounts, a sweet person, despite some things that might make Amy Schumer go, oh my girl. So uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this episode. And we recorded it the day before Valentine's Day. And as a comedian, if you've watched one of us perform before, you know that Valentine's Day and comedians go about as well together as Donald Trump and impeachment. There's my Trump impeachment joke. If you didn't like that one, once again, why are you listening to this podcast? But uh, I'm not going to get into that subject. I'm just not going to do it. It's pointless. It's the same reason that I haven't really done a Black History Month episode because there's a lot of things that America ain't ready to handle because America, America is like a big, big family. And I mean, it's like you got like the breadwinner. You got like the parents that are just trying to hold everything together. And then you got the one kid that you either need to get to counseling or you need to get ready to figure out what you're going to say to the news when they show up at your house to do the interview. It's just the way that it is, uh, you know, so we're going to move past that and get back to happier times this year uh, without going into any details. I actually had a decent Valentine's Day. That's all I'm going to say about that. I don't want to jinx anything, but I'm in a good mood and damn it, I would like to be able to continue that and enjoy it. So I'm trying to put positive karma out into the universe in hopes that the universe will reciprocate the favor and send it back. And for those of you that didn't catch the word reciprocate, it's not my fault. You can get dictionary.com on your smartphone. And if you don't have a smartphone, once again, 
how in the hell did you find this podcast? But don't worry, I'm not hating. I am happy that you are here. And of course, it's snowing right now in the Midwest. And by Midwest, I mean pretty much that ain't California, Arizona, or Florida. Uh, Texas right now has snow. And I can tell you, from having been to Texas, because I have performed in San Antonio, not once, but twice at a comedy club that was phenomenal, uh, but it got bought by a larger chain. And since I'm not making that country Wayne money, uh, there's no chance of me probably getting a chance to come back unless something changes. So if you know somebody that would like to have me back in Texas, uh, let me know. Lone Star State, I'll come down there. I'll meet Chip and Joanna Gaines. I don't care. But I can tell you, Texas is used to heat. Because I was in Texas in September and it was 89 degrees at night. Okay. Do you know what 89 degrees at night feels like? It feels like 105 during the day because you're not supposed to have 89 degree heat at night. Okay. It wasn't fun. The armadillos were curling up in balls because they were hot. It was ridiculous. Okay. But, you know, it is what it is. Be that as it may, uh, I hope you're somewhere where you're able to stay dry, stay fly, uh, and you can get inside. Uh, salt, gone at pretty much every place, ice melt, gone. Uh, you know, if you are moronic enough to throw table salt outside, uh, please do. Uh, I would like to see your face when you realize that you no longer have salt for dinner and your sidewalk is still a little icy. Um, it's ridiculous. 2021 is taking over where 2020 left off, coming in with reckless abandon, fast and furious. And uh, we're only in February. It's going to be a crazy crazy year but that seems to be par for the course because hey i think um, i think we've turned a, a corner as a as a as a planet that we may not come back from at this point uh i don't know what's gonna happen but uh lord knows and i mean lord knows that i need to start donating and sending some money over to church where i haven't been in a while because of the virus uh you know, so if I can start doing more shows and clubs, I guess I got to go back to church and try to apologize for all my heathen activities and thoughts. Because if, as I say during this interview, if God doesn't grade on a curve, your boy is in trouble. And I don't want to be in hell, let alone the Jamaica section where it's extra hot and crispy. Lord of mercy. So, all right. With all that ranting out the way on this episode, coming up after the musical break, you hopefully will enjoy my conversation with the very hilarious and very sweet Miss Katie Boyle on this episode of A Tight 45. Here we go, baby. Come on, sex and love. Come on, be back and let me soothe you. Take it easy, baby. Let me do what I want to do to you. I want to open up the love gates to my Hey, 
everybody. Thank you for downloading or listening to via a streaming service or however you got this podcast. I'm just happy that you're here. Today on the show, I am very fortunate to be joined by comedian Miss Katie Boyle. Katie is a native-born Irish person in America. So yes, we're going to talk about her accent and how annoyed she gets when people ask her about it. But she is a regular in the New York comedy scene. She's also performed at the Women in Comedy Festival, the Cape Fear Comedy Festival. And since she's probably going to do probably pretty well with this thing you might see her at a club near you soon so ladies and gentlemen please in your virtual world at home give it up for miss katie boyle katie how are you doing today i'm good how are you thank you for having me no problem i am so happy that we worked at the technical issues because i could not afford to throw this pair of beats headphones i got on sale at target across the room <laughs> and shatter them so I was like, I'm no, so glad we got that workout. So, yeah, how how's New York today? Because, you know, I heard you guys are getting more snow than we're getting here in the Midwest, if I've heard correctly. Yeah, it's it's pretty snowy for sure. It's not snowing right now, but it's really cold. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty shit. But man, what can you do? You just got to roll with it, right? Yes. Uh, hopefully people own shovels. Although since everybody in New York's in apartments, I couldn't imagine being a superintendent and having to get out there and get someone to shovel all the time. That would have yeah. to absolutely suck. But I don't know. I, I have a house here in Cincinnati, so I got to do all my own shoveling, which also can suck, but it's all right. It, you know, the sun is out Saturday. Hopefully quarantine's coming to an end. Right. Or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. Like I was out last night. Uh, there was like they're letting people indoors now, I guess, 25 percent. So I was at a, a bar. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was nice to feel like a bit of normality again. Yes, I understand completely. And we're recording this on the day before Valentine's Day. It's a Saturday here. And, um, you know, uh, it was funny because you talk a lot about dating, uh, both Mm -hmm. on stage and on your podcast. And I'm just curious, what has dating been like for you going on with, you know, a global pandemic, as it were? Yeah, um, it's a bit of a nightmare because I guess... I've, I've had in this face of a pandemic and I know there's like COVID and stuff, but I've dated three people probably like longish. Um, but f- I dated someone for about five months and first two months of it was all FaceTiming because of mm. the pandemic. So we started dating in March, but obviously the world had closed down. So we were FaceTiming a lot. And then when, when people could go back outside again, we like did COVID tests and we met up and then we like dated exclusively for three months. And then it ended and then I met another guy from online same thing did the COVID test and we dated for three months and then it ended and then I met a guy who's like a fan he's not a fucking fan anymore I'll tell you that (laughs) um he um he we just ended this week on Wednesday so um we had he had a lot of great plans for Valentine's Day but my plans will be just watching my shows and I'm okay with that I have a show and then I have a show and then I'm gonna watch my tv shows so very nice I think the it, it's just a little more intense, I think. And then it gets like comfortable quicker or serious quicker because, you, you know, you're exclusive because of COVID. Yeah. And it's like, hey, I would leave, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I still leave, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it's hard. I think because for me as well, like I'd love to meet like the person I'm going to be with. Um, and I, and I kind of radiate that energy as well. So and I think a lot of New York guys don't want commitment and mm. um, so if I usually wait about three months and if I don't like them then I end it um but if they're also not committing to me by then I I end it so it's kind of pandemic has been good in that way because you're exclusive quicker but I also feel like it's 
a little intense quicker. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense because I mean, if you're around someone all the time, you're going to get to know all the idiosyncrasies and all their things that you like and everything else. It's, it's one of those things where you're going to get to know somebody pretty quickly, you know, for the most part, you, at least it would seem that way. I mean, I am trying, I, I recently rage deleted all of my dating apps because Uh, there's a book uh, by the guy that made that TV show shit. My dad says named Justin Halpern. He has another book called I suck at girls, which at times feels like an autobiography. So I, you know, I Godspeed to you. I hope, whatever happens works out. Although I'm, I'm, it's funny. You're sticking with the rule of three in comedy is, you know, three, three lines for the joke, three months for the date. So I don't know. Don't even do that in comedy though. <laughs> I throw the robot out the window. Um, I don't like that, but I, yeah, yeah, no, I didn't last three months at the most recent guy was only six. Oh, weeks, so, oh, oh, well, but in go. pandemic time, that's like three months, right? True. Very, it's like dog ears. You just had to adjust, but yeah, it, you yeah. Know, but- he was having like a panic attacks and anxiety attacks and stuff. And, but it's a pandemic that's going to happen. But he, I, yeah, I just, he was, he was just a bit all over the place. And I, that's the other mm. thing. People now are very vulnerable and they're like very stressed out and stuff. So, but they forget that there's a pandemic. Of course, you're going to have anxiety attacks. That's yeah. like normal. This this would be the, the best time to have it. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. if yeah. you've been, if you've been holding one in, I'm like, Hey, you can cry in, the, in, in aisle five at Lowe's. Nobody has to know why you're face deep in the sinks. Just, <laughs> I mean, this is the perfect yeah. time, but I, I digress. Yeah, so. on the subway. Yes, you know, so uh, you have a podcast. Uh, I'm sorry, this is all over the place. I feel like your last date. So let me try to make this have more form. Let's go back, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so um, as we mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, and obviously uh, you are not originally from America. Uh, you are from the great country of Ireland, which has been the butt of far too many jokes, probably by bad American comics um, for what we think we know about your land between the Loch Ness Monster and Potatoes and, of course, 90s rap group House of Pain. But uh, I was just curious, when did you first come uh, stateside and what led you in the comedy of all careers? Um, I came six years ago, uh, over six years ago, like I guess six years and a half. And um, I came to be an artist. I was working at MoMA and I worked there for like five months, hated it. And there was a comedy club across the street that I would just go to. And then I went one day and told a joke. And that was kind of really it. I started running a show a month later and that's sh- because I was working in events in MoMA. Um, and that show I ran up until the pandemic. It would have been okay. like over five years old oh. if the pandemic okay. hadn't happened it, we actually ran it during the pandemic as well like outdoors but i don't run it right now so i got you and you, and by oh, moment yeah, you a- mean you mean the museum of modern art yeah yeah like yeah, the big the, the big one so what yeah. happened what happened where you're like i'm gonna move across an ocean to i hate it here in that short of time well, I think most people will say when you move to New York, the first six months is impossible. Secondly, it was an unpaid internship that was like 40 to 50 hours a week. I didn't have any hospitality experience in New York. I've been bartending since I was like 16 in Ireland, but that doesn't count. So I got like a job where the pay was really shit. The hours were shit. I was working every other hour at this fucking unpaid internship. And and as well, it, it just the boss, to give an example of her, she kicked the elevator once because it was wasn't moving fast enough this is an inanimate object so if she treats <laughs> elevators like that you can just imagine how she treats her staff so which is good because it really like 
tickened my skin and stuff and I learned a lot there but like I was like fuck this this is not the world for me and then they were kind of mean and not like, inclusive and like going out and stuff I felt like a bit left out which I know sounds a bit childish but when I went to the comedy world everybody mm-hmm. was so inclusive and and I felt like very welcome then I could just work on something you know you could tell a joke if it doesn't work you can work on it straight away where with art you could be working for months on the same piece and then it takes ages before you get that criticism so yeah that was it that, that'll do it you went from like the devil wears prada in the art world to hey i'm gonna try and make this half drunk couple visiting from tennessee laugh uh so you, you was it one of those things where you just like instantly fell in love with it or had you always thought about doing comedy or because a no, lot of people never. you know they either have that i've been watching comedy since i was five or yeah one night a friend of mine dared me but you just fell in love with it instantaneously yeah yeah that was it just I know I don't I didn't watch comedy I didn't like I watched my two Irish comedians that I would watch sometimes growing up but I never would have thought I didn't even like public speaking so uh, but I also think coming to America was like I didn't know anybody and um, mm. you can kind of be you can change who you are if that makes sense that sounds mm. really corny but oh it's all right you I know mean... it's like you know when you're from a small town you're put in a box I do remember like when I was with my ex-boyfriend in Ireland, like I would say something funny to him and then he would repeat it amongst our friends and they would all mm-hmm. laugh at him. And it was only when I started doing comedy, I was like, that motherfucker was stealing my jokes. <laughs> but, so, but that out the way early, it's like, the, hey, I'm going to take your material and claim it as my own. So yeah, that gets you ready for social media and Twitter, especially, but I digress. Mm-hmm. So, so, okay. So you're in America, six months later, you decide to start doing stand up and how long would you say it was before you figured out who you were on stage and how long did it take for audiences to kind of get used to you? Because of course, to all, to you, we all have an accent, but to them, you're the one that's the, has the accent. So I would just, you know, how long did it take you to find your voice, both in terms of like your stage persona and your actual voice with audiences? Um, I feel like with, there has like a lot of, things in that question so firstly I spoke way too fast Mm. so that took me like a year just to slow the fuck down and like articulate my words so people understood them and also editing words as well like yeah you know arsehole you know such and such but if I say a different like we say phrases differently like if I'm sick I'll say I'm in bits and it's too long for the audience to figure that out so um so things like that um and then uh you know who I was as a comedian probably not until I started my podcast because then I really got more into like material about relationships and sex and shame and I think that doing the podcast really helped what I was gonna plus then I was like kind of being mentored by this famous Irish comedian and I opened for him and stuff so I feel like doing all of those helped a lot um I got to do like big shows and stuff and find who I am as a comedian and a person god (laughs) I keep sounding corny (laughs) Oh, that's right. No, this, hey, this is perfectly. I'd rather you be honest and nice as opposed to because I have worked as a professional journalist before. And I will tell you, there is nothing worse than hearing somebody read off a bunch of canned pre-rehearsed phases. <laughs> it's like listening to a sports. I just my the last episode, which people can download. It's out there. Uh, I was interviewing a sports journalist and we were talking about how coaches have their cliched phrases like we're trying to take it one game at a time uh you know players I'm you know I'm just trying to contribute it's all about the team I'm like it's not all about the team because you held out for three months and you wanted a bigger parking space we know what's up jackass like quit lying but 
it's it's perfectly yeah. fine. So it, honesty is refreshing in this day and age. Uh, yeah, so, I al I see. also think as well when it comes to comedy, like mm -hmm. you're you're always growing and finding your voice if that makes sense like yeah. because I think now I'm like oh you know I'm like doing so well and I'm happy with my performances on stage but you know in like a year I'll look back at that and be like oh this is what I was doing wrong you, you know I just feel like you're always growing like I've no comedians who are doing like 20 years and they're still like how can I get better so um yeah makes sense you know and with new york being like your home base and where you started that's where like a lot of comics move to be like okay i'm either going to do this or i'm going to go back to my hometown and act like nothing ever happened um i mean what's what's new york been like as a training ground for someone who started in new york city i think it's been amazing because um you get good quick you know you can you have the opportunity to do that because at the before the pandemic pandemic you could get on stage three or four times a night like the first year I was doing comedy mm -hmm. um like between shows and mics and stuff I was doing at least three I could do three mics a night you know mm -hmm. um and then you don't come there with like an attitude like I, I feel like sometimes people will come from a place where like they're big fish and they come to New York and they're a small fish and it's hard whereas I was just a fucking fish it didn't matter like you know there was no there was no pressure and also because as well because I didn't do comedy before I wasn't like nervous in front of comedians if that makes sense because mm -hmm. it's like I didn't know you know you'll be performing with like someone who's been on like Conan on an open mic but sure I didn't fucking know who they were so right yeah I understand I mean it takes the pressure off at least you know so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and you're pretty free about what you talk about on stage because you know Katie has a lot of videos that those of you listening can go enjoy online and I suggest that you do um but uh you know when like we're in a weird time it feels like to me I don't know how it feels to you but it feels like we're in a weird time because like I feel like everyone is mad at everyone or everyone's like you can't say that you can't shame such and such and you know for whatever reason America it seems like still has trouble with a woman that has an opinion sometimes and <laughs> dares and she dares to say it uh you know I was just curious like you know, because I'm sure you've probably had someone say, we've got a lady comic up next and that type of thing, as opposed to just being a comedian. You know, where do you think we are with the state of, uh, you know, just, you know, women getting their place, women getting more of a chance to express themselves creatively, get ahead? You know, bad. I'm just curious, have you, have you had any situations? Oh, you I just think, said I bad. Think bad. I oh. literally think no matter what you want to say and, and it's in all professions or whatever I was watching magicians and she said and it's really good but if you don't know if you guys watch it you should watch it uh, but Margot says um you can't as a woman you can't be funny smart and strong and it is true in that regard because you intimidate the men you date or you intimidate other women who are insecure and people kind of want to take you down so for I'll give you an example I post about sex I talk about dating I talk about relationships mm -hmm. I have I only have sex with one person at a time and I wait till the third date. I usually have three month relationships. So that's four guys a year mm -hmm. at tops, right? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being slutty. There's nothing wrong with having one night stands. That's just, I know my limit. I'm that's me. And that's what I like to do. Um, secondly, I only post jokes on my Instagram. Okay. So I just, mm -hmm. the sex is in the written word. I don't post tourist traps, which there's no problem to do. I just don't want to do it. But I, I think fucking, you know, you should, you should be allowed. But the only reason, Reason why I'm saying this is because I get DMs that I'm a slush. I get messages that oh I shouldn't um 
I cheapen myself with my posts. If they're messaging mm. me, could you imagine what other women are getting? And the standard is not equal. That's so unfair. If I were a male comedian, male comedians talk about banging women every day. I talk about the the ones that I've gotten permission off from the lads that I'm dating, the guys that I've waited three dates to have sex with, which again, I would have been better actually just having one night stands because I wouldn't have wasted my time listening to their fucking problems for three dates. <laughs> I, you know, but like, you know, and like that's just because I have, uh, I like to get comfortable. It's more, it's not, it's, it's just I want to get to know them and then I'll enjoy the sex better but my point is I still get so much shamed so there's no you can't fucking win if you're a woman and mm. I just uh and if you have an opinion if you're direct the last guy I was thing just because I would say hey I'm uncomfortable with this and I never sh- here's the other thing I'd never shout I just say hey this is what's on my mind can we fix it and he was like we've been having arguments we're having conflict but men will say I want you to tell me what's in your head so I can fix it and if you do that like I don't know what else I can do I don't shout I don't scream I tell say what's in my mind I don't like ghost them I'm like fair and even then they're still oh you're too you're you're too opinionated you're too does that make sense am I going on just a fucking rant no uh, (laughs) I I mean well as a man I'm definitely not gonna tell you you're going on a rant uh plus I asked the question (laughs) I am I am not getting hashtags son that's not happening oh but no I mean because I have a lot of female friends you know I've I've opened for a lot of female comics there was one female comic I opened for. I got a chance to open for her because they said that she requested no straight white men because of like, and you know what? It's weird as a black dude to watch straight white dudes get so blasted right now. I'm just like, I'm like, man, you feel uncomfortable, don't you? Hey, you want to read some history books? Like, you know, so, you know, I don't, it's just, yeah. So I understand completely. That's why I'm trying not to be that guy. And, you know, I have conversations where I'm sometimes I'll say one thing and then it gets misinterpreted and I have to like try to backtrack and correct. I always feel like I'm just, as a guy, like in 2021, it sometimes feels like you're walking that proverbial tightrope or that plank. And it's just like, okay, uh, Make sure that what you're saying is constructive, but at the same time, it doesn't sound like it's mansplaining. Make sure that you sound supportive, but at the same time, you don't you want to call them on the BS because it's like, hey, hey, you're the one that dated that dude that just got out of jail. Like, so it's just like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You, oh yeah, here you know. I date I date psychopaths, so there's obviously <laughs> something wrong with me. Do you know what I mean? It, it's a joke at this stage. It's embarrassing. Right. Even when I'm writing my tweets, I'm like what is wrong with me? And the last guy I dated, I, I really only dated because I thought he was like a nice guy, but like right. he also just underneath it had the same issues. There, like there's something that I am chemically attracted to people with issues, but I think it's like a nurturing thing. I think I like to fix people. I'm working on that. But I, I think, and I think you should be able, you should be able to say something. We're not worrying about that either because, you know, people say the wrong thing all the time. I, I, I'll say the wrong thing and it's, it's totally fine uh, to just go to be like, oh, oops, I didn't mean that. And then the other person has to be like, okay, great. You know, because it's a conversation and, you know, mm. everybody has different experiences and stuff. I hate right. that. I hate people feeling like they're walking on eggshells. I would never yeah. want. Well, do you, do you think that. Called a slut. So, you know, I was just curious. Do you think that people in general, not just you as a woman and not just as a woman in America who's a comedian, but do you think in general that people have trouble separating performer from person? Because there's that documentary that's out now about Britney Spears and, you know, they got the free Britney movement and everything going on on Twitter. And, you know, there's just so many celebrities that are, you know, but, you know, always in the public eye. And then they have breakdowns and people are like, I can't believe they had a breakdown. It's like, you can't, you know. I know. I think so. Like I, I even find, I'll put up jokes or whatever about relationships or dating. And it's like versions of the truth. It's um, it could be from a relationship 10 years ago. I just have to tweet every day and people 
will be like writing honestly underneath it like oh no did you break up with your new guy or oh no does he really have a wife and I'm like no it's a fucking joke like I write jokes I don't understand so yeah they definitely they can't they can't separate and then the opposite as well is um I know for me the last guy I was dating was like a fan or whatever but I think he fell for the girl on the internet and then when he met the real girl because he was following me for three years and I don't I think whatever version of me he had in his head it's not me you're what you're seeing like I'm very honest and stuff but it's Mm -hmm. still like a whole other person that just yeah that I yeah so which is fine but yeah I think I did I think I agree with you that they also can I go back to the fact that I said I didn't want to be called a slut I just Mm -hmm. wanted everybody to know it's perfectly fine to be a slut I just don't like when men use that word against me okay because probably technically i'm a slut because i've slept with a lot of men i've just even though if i wait till the third date i've had a lot of three dates so any girls listen to this you want to be a slut you go be a slut but you don't let men call you a slut sorry i just wanted to make sure i was including everybody <laughs> see even me i'm like i don't offend anybody i don't even want to uh, offend I, I know oh i understand <laughs> I, I feel like there's a t-shirt you can sell after shows in there somewhere but i i i, I have no idea where it is i I, you know, I, I come yeah. from a, I come from a world of PR and marketing. I'm trying to help people make money, especially during a pandemic. Uh, but yeah, but, so to go back to that, yes, yeah. the people do don't know how to separate them. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, you know, and I was curious. Well, first of all, wait, was the last dude a black dude that couldn't handle it? He was Latino. Ah, okay, shade of brown, but not technically mine. Whoo, go team! All right, <laughs> but he was uh, Amer- he was American. He grew up in the American culture. You know, he's very American, and I know the difference because. Not that not that there's any problem with crying. It's mm-hmm. totally fine. You want to cry, go cry. But I think in the first few months of a relationship, just keep your shit together. And he had cried, you. you know, like three times. Oh my God, I feel really bad for sharing that. But I wouldn't share that in my pocket. Anyway, don't <laughs> tell him. Um, but, you know, so he, he was just going through his shit. But that's also a very American thing. So let's say ah. with him being Lat- Latino, I was thinking an immigrant, great. Mm-hmm. And okay, so here's the problem with Irish people, we repress our feelings too much. With Americans, they express them too much. You need a happy so, medium, someone that can cry, but only at like yeah, once a month. I, I think it's like a, a white American guy thing as well. Even though he was Latino, he just he just kind of reminded me of other white American guys I've dated. Not that I should class them all in one group, but I guess it's just yeah, in touch with your emotional side. But the problem is when you're too in touch, it's too much emotions. Just repress some of that shit. Put it in see, a little box. See, this is what I was this is what I was thinking about because it's like I'm a very honest dude. And I like if I you know like hey I like to I'd like to take women out on dates. Like I'll open yeah. and then not in, but not in the patriarchal way of like no, that's the open thing. It's like, door, it's like hey <laughs> I'll open the door but this is not an affront to you as a woman because I know that you can grab the handle by yourself because you do your cross fit and you're strong and independent it's like have I talked myself into a corner now like okay so I understand completely you know and I was I was curious is like what has been your experience uh like I'm on we're on a whole different tangent than I planned ladies and gentlemen this is a this is a special episode of a tight 45 uh but okay so just in general uh because you talk about like you know Irish repression and we all had this we've all heard the stereotypes like you know especially if you watch the Simpsons like I have since childhood but you know the heavy drinking the repressing things the fighting uh how overblown are all the Irish stereotypes that we have about your native land for those of you listening by the way she just made the the cringy lip face so I'm like oh this is gonna be an interesting response um, I think, you know, look, stereotypes, sometimes, sometimes they're there for, they've come out of something. I don't think um, it's 
it's all true but yeah there is a good bit of drinking you know we binge drink on the weekends there's not really anything else to do and then um there is like a bit of fighting for sure yeah yeah but it's not that's not everybody it's just you know I think we're like I think I think since I've left I've realized that we're quite a passionate people um you know which is good I think and like able to have articulate articulate arguments is that right I can't even use the word articulate right um but there is a bit of a suppression of emotions for sure like I think um men don't know how to talk about their feelings or understand them um but it's getting better I think I think so Hmm. I don't even know (laughs) one can only hope well what was it like bartending in Ireland especially in your teens because what is the drinking age in Ireland 18 Oh, I was okay. working for my I was working for my dad's pub or my dad's friend's pub, so that's why I got the job. Oh. Um, my sister also did it when she was sixteen as well. Um, so yeah, no, it's fine. In fairness, Irish people handle yeah, we drink a lot and we party and we're fun. But like, when I came over here and I saw like twenty one year olds drinking, they're way worse over here because <laughs> because the age you haven't built a tolerance. They were like puking and annoying and shouting at you and falling all over the place. And then the tipping culture. So I guess so in Irish, yes, they drink a lot, but they're able to handle their drink. I feel, I feel that's what I remember. There was a good bit of puking and stuff. So maybe not actually, I do remember cleaning up puke. I mean, I think I just think everybody's messy on drink, but I think Americans are messier quicker or later. I can see, because I can see that. We drink at like 14. Um, and then the tipping culture means that you're kind of can, can lay on the side of being abusive to your server or bartender because it's like, I'm tipping you you do what mm. I say you know there's like whereas I feel like in Ireland you're not tipping the bartender like he can but it's like he can be like get the fuck out of my bar you know what I mean? it's like I don't know it's not this the customer is never right here the customer is always right so it's a I little different it. yeah hmm. as, as I was gonna say I'm, I'm a non-drinker myself uh but I'm curious because Americans we love our beers uh is how's American beer compared to Irish beer in your um, view because I, I know you know we've got guinness yeah but it's shite <laughs> over here yeah. well technically guinness should be as close like the tap should be as close to the keg as possible so that's why the guinness is nicer in ireland because a lot of the old man mm. pubs do that and it has to be on a constant flow but because it's drank so much it's kept fresh so that's just why it's nicer secondly you guys have great beer you have craft beer like we didn't have craft beer i think we're getting it now but um you know, you do a lot of like uh, testing with your beers and stuff like um, American IPAs are like you guys love them. They're very bitter. Mm-hmm. I don't like them. But your your hops that are grown here are very bitter. I know a lot about beer because I work at a brewery. So well, that's I why I kind of asked the question. Oh, OK, grand. I was like, <laughs> wow. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, I think your beer here is great. I prefer European style beer because it's like um, smoother, um, mm. you know, like Pilsner's lagers i don't like ipas but you guys love them so and you do a great job you fucking throwing all this random shit in together and brew it up so yeah it's cool very nice have, you know i was gonna say have you had a chance to go back and perform in ireland uh before the pandemic or anytime recently soon yeah i was opening i actually got to open in um vicar street which is the best uh venue in the country like not well there's like the o2 and stuff like that's famous but i mean it's one of the best ones for com- like it fits 1500 Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to open for that famous. So he's an American, but he's famous in Ireland. So I, oh. op- yeah, I opened him for him like maybe six times there because I okay. think I think he had who is, three. Sh- who is it? Des Bishop. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah. So I did it twice. I did it. Um, oh, your podcast partner. Yes. He, he was my, yeah, he's quit since we're still friends. He just didn't oh, okay. do it anymore. Um, but, um, yeah, I did it for, I flew, flew back twice and did that. And I had performed, I flew back after a year into comedy and did shows. I've done shows bunch there. Yeah. I was going to say, what's the, have you noticed any differences between the two audiences? I mean, everybody obviously likes to laugh, but are there any differences between the two audiences? Because I know that Ireland has a pretty big, well-known comedy festival, right? Is it, is it the one that goes for like 30 days? Yeah. The Vodafone festival. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I do my research. Oh, great. I probably know more than me. Um, <laughs> I feel like I did, I did a room here. Okay. And it, mm-hmm it was it wasn't white people it was latin and black people and ah. the way that they interacted with the comedy is the same way irish people interact with the comedy hmm. i feel like uh irish people are very vocal if they don't like it they'll fucking tell you if they do <laughs> like it they want to be involved a little bit like yeah and then like and they'll and they'll be like tell me more you know mm. so it's very nearly interactive and i felt like that when I there's a guy who books me for this room every year and it's the same audience it's all of his friends and every time I do that show I'm like oh it kind of feels like when I'm at home it's very similar so yeah so I don't know and Australians are like that too they're very vocal I feel the UK are like that too very vocal I feel like more Americans Americans let's say like like not well I guess sometimes like New Yorkers too because it's so many cultures mixed together but then you Mm -hmm. go out and I've gone to like places where it's been like an all-white audience and I'm like this is very like clap and like "Mm -hmm," you know or like a bit judgmental of my jokes or whatever it's definitely different so I guess yeah I guess Irish are just like a New York audience or they'll just does that make sense yeah I mean well here's the thing if it doesn't make sense someone's gonna have to email me and then I know people are listening so please make as little sense as possible she fucking said Irish people (laughs) will shout at you uh, who knows? Uh, who knows in this in this world these days? Um, That's just you know, been my experience. Anyway, they're yes. more interactive Irish people for sure. Yes. Well, I was, you know, and, and I'm just curious because, you know, you've been in America for a while now. Um, what is, you know, when it, what are you, I'm trying to think I how to word it. When you look around at like the world that, you know, we live in versus other parts of the world, do we sometimes just seem like way too self-involved and selfish? Or do you think people everywhere are pretty universal? I don't know. I think that not everywhere. No, I think <laughs> she's like, no, you guys uh, are kind of screwed up. <laughs> I mean, I think immigrant communities here are very good because mm-hmm. they have that mentality of like, um, yeah, of a sense of community. And I feel here Americans are very, they've been, you've been told, um, you've been told, I'm just presuming now you're American. You're American, right? Yes. Okay. Don't it's just black parents in the 70s. That's why my first name's Tabari. That's that's it. Yeah, yeah. I've no like literally, I just presume everybody's American. <laughs> and then like I'll be talking to someone, they're like, oh no, I'm actually from. I just have an American accent. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like you guys are told um that you're you're all special and you're mm. all uh, individuals, and like, and then I think that's very that's healthy to be like, okay, let's look after myself, but in turn, you know, it the individualist attitude there's no sense of community there's no help each other like you know like religion yeah religion's crazy but it's also a good way to build a sense of community like you know small towns you kind of look after each other you look after your neighbor but we don't really have that anymore so yes I think I don't think that's a universal thing but I think Mm. it's like maybe like a modern thing because I'm sure there is like 
Oh, I want to say that my country is different, but my country is like the highest rate of COVID now because we just <laughs> couldn't stop partying, which is like hugely selfish. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's everybody now just you know, like, you know, like not I, wearing masks because yeah. you're because it hurts your face. I'm like, you, you're killing people. Yes, I, I understand. I'm supposed to go out later tonight to a venue. It's the first, like the second time I've been out in months and I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to like quarantine away from like loved ones and family. And it's weird. It's just a very weird time. All right. On the happier subjects, let's get back to the sex. No, I'm kidding. Um, but you know, you, you have your podcast where you talk about relationships and things of that nature. And you were talking about, we talked about, you know, just, you know, the verbiage with the word like slut and then, you know, um, people's perceptions of things. Why do you think relationships in your view, because you're the guest that I'm asking, but why do you think relationships are so fascinating and make for such good stand-up conversation, you know, podcast fodder? I mean, because in theory, it should be simple, but I feel like whether you're, you know, men, women, you know, trans, not decided, I feel like we overcomplicate everything. Is that, would you say it's the same or? Yes, a hundred percent. I mean, like a lot of the reasons why I end it with people is because it's just a, overcomplication yeah yeah it's just too much I can't be dealing with it like making problems where there isn't problems making issues where there isn't issues but I I have low there's loads of reasons for that firstly dating is really hard right now we have too much option you're not happy with what you have if you do get something great you say but maybe I can get better so not easily satisfied um secondly the fear of commitment for whatever reason that you can't just commit like don't even worry about it just take it day by day and be together being a boyfriend and girlfriend doesn't mean you're gonna get married and have kids like Mm -hmm. there's this too much overthinking it's very overthinking now a lot of people and worrying about the future instead of being in the moment like if anything the pandemic should have taught us that um thirdly a lot of things now with us starting to go to therapy and talking about our problems which is really great but just people have a lot lot most people have some sort of fucked up trauma probably because of their parents um and they bring that into relationships or if it's because of an ex an ex cheated and a lot of the time people don't know how to realize that then a the person the new person they're dating is not their ex so start mm-hmm. off on a clean slate and b don't project project your insecurities or your issues and it's just like having emotional intelligence which i think most people um develop over time or different times and and, and in, in kind of see it when it's too late when you've already done the damage so the overcomplication I think is that it's like a projection of traumas and everybody has something everybody has even if it's fucking the pandemic if that's your trauma that's fine if you're having anxiety attacks like my last guy he was having anxiety attacks and he was like I think it's because of you and it's like nah, it's because the world's on fire I haven't you know I haven't I haven't we haven't actually but I'm like yeah okay you need to go away and have those but does that make sense yeah I mean, I completely get it. You know, I was the follow up question to that I had is, you know, in doing this podcast, you know, um, have people reached out to you, either people that were on the show or listeners and saying things like, oh, this really helped me a lot. Or have you had any or, you know, have you had like those type of positives or have you just had like weirdos saying things like I want to like touch you or so I don't know yeah well uh, I had a weirdo message me today saying I think about you when I'm fucking my wife so that's fucking weird um <laughs> but right. I also had, yeah but I also had another person message me being like um you know you've helped with a lot of my shame because and that's the thing like me 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 talking about sex I do think like I know I just complained about being shamed or whatever but I don't mind because I I, I want to I want it to be that you can talk about it and and that it's comfortable and especially if you can talk about what you want in the bedroom without being embarrassed or 
or feeling like you're being too vulnerable, it's just going to make everything better. So a lot of, a lot of women will message about that or guys too, like that they're, cause we do apps on performance anxiety, which I'm sorry, majority of men have that, um, a lot more than you would think. And so just kind of normalizing it and talking about it, like it's not a big deal. And then once you don't think it's a big deal, boom, your performance anxiety is gone. And women have performance anxiety as well. They can't come because they get in their head. Oh my God, that's it. Everybody's just overthinkers. We, we need to find a cure for that. We need to put Xanax in the water. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, lots of good, lots of positive messages. So I feel very happy with that because when I first, the first episode I ever did, mm-hmm. I woke up the next morning with regret, like shame, like, oh my God. Cause you know, I was talking about licking balls and I was like, I'm from Ireland. It's a sex- more sexually repressed country. It's getting mm. better. But I just thought this is it. I have sold away my dating life because mm. I kind of thought what nice man will ever date me with the content I talk about, or he'll think I'm, he'll think I'm a slut or he'll whatever but it's like it, it that's just my own insecurities and my own worries and the messages have made it um made me feel a lot better I you know I'm and and I think yeah I think one day I'll meet a secure man who won't give a shit about those things I'd be happy they're not you know not care that I talk what I talk about but I do think a lot of them are freaked out <laughs> uh, okay, well you know we're recording this episode the day before Valentine's Day it'll be coming out uh this week okay Katie what is the ideal man for Miss Boyle or a woman, I don't know, ladies, shoot your shot, it's 2021. Yeah. Uh, but who, no, who is the ideal person, I guess I should say? Yeah, I I like men more. I've only kissed girls, so um, I haven't gone to vaggie in level yet. But who fucking knows? You know, you change so much over time. I don't like to box myself in, but um, my ideal man would be like... <laughs> Okay, so my problem with my last guy was he kept buying, sharing me with gifts and affection. And that was great. But I really like quality time and getting to know mm. the person. But he was very nervous around me the whole time. I think I like intimidated him. So okay. it, it would need to be someone who, who who can put in quality time with me. Like not loads, just like a couple of days a week or like, you know, texts if you can't see me or gives me a phone call. But is okay with, um, isn't intimidated by me. So like I'll, mm. I'm the type of person where if there's an issue, I'll say, hey, that was really strange that you said that what was up with that because I don't want to walk away overthinking it and I don't Mm -hmm. want to I want to give the person an opportunity to explain themselves so I want to meet a guy who's okay with that like the last guy he was like that just fucking freaked him out and he would um it was yeah he thought I was like having an argument with him when I wasn't so uh and also somebody wants a commitment you know but that's not like I just doesn't mean I want babies and get married but I just want to be exclusive and get to know someone and take it day by day and makes uh, sense and I, I can talk just talking having a laugh with like you know like this other guy who's so nervous he would say things that didn't make sense and after six weeks it was kind of frustrating because I was like oh mm. we should be you should be able to have a conversation with me you know do you think that's why comedians usually end up dating other comics or is that just a bad idea because you know they get competitive or they fall apart because one person's career is in one spot or no I think it's a good idea because I also think if you're competitive, you're going to be competitive, competitive with everybody. So that's ridiculous. So, I mean, like if, you know, you're not, you, those, those people shouldn't date anybody, you know, they're like, they're not going to be happy, but if you find a happy, secure comedian, it's good because comedians understand their feelings. It's part of our job. Um, we kind of overanalyze. So if, if I do overanalyze something, the other person's gonna be like, it's fine, chill. And I'll be like, okay, great. You know, <laughs> I just needed to say it out loud. But like, I think a comedian gets that because that's their brain too. Um, and yeah, and you can go watch shows together. I yeah, I think it would be perfect. I've never been with a comedian. Like I've been with, I banged one. Um, that was a lie. I banged two. Um, but I was like, so I was dating them, but we weren't like exclusive. One only last three weeks, and the other one only last three weeks as well. And we, I stayed friends with both of them. That was years ago. But um, 
but yeah, I think it would be great. I was gonna say, what is, you know, and to, and to put a, a bow on this part of the conversation, I'm just curious, what has been either the, cause you know, we don't want to shame people these days. I mean, I still do it in my act cause I talk about people cause I have opinions. Um, but what has been either the quote unquote weirdest thing that someone has either asked on the podcast or brought up on the podcast or just said to you that, or the most memorable because there's a difference between weird and memorable. Something cannot be weird but be memorable, but something can be memorable, but it can also be weird. Um, just pr- people in general, like it doesn't yes. have to be just on my podcast. Oh yeah, just in general. Um, one time on a date, a guy told me that uh, sex should be only done for reproduction. So I thought that that stuck with me because that's really weird. Was he a very? Uh, I'm assuming he's a very spiritual, deep religious. Yeah, person. he was like a Christian guy. Was... Well, I mean, there's different levels of Christianity. Lord knows, I'm. <laughs> hoping that he grades on a curve because if he doesn't <laughs> I'm screwed I mean uh, like super but, I guess I'm you know I'm Catholic but I mean like American super Christian I don't really I know you. I don't understand religion sometimes because if for a long time when I was a Catholic or let's say and then someone was like you're a Christian I'm like am I I didn't even know what that was well there's Christian. so many comedians I know that claim no faith and I'm just like do you wonder why you're drinking so much but I, I digress uh those are conversations for different times uh um, oh no it's fine I think I think if religion is is used right it's great you know like same I, I also just don't think you should shame people I don't I believe in everything so because who am I to say it's not real I, like there could be aliens. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like a little speck. I can't have an opinion on that. I don't know. Makes sense. You know, well, I was going to say, what has been the the best moment of your career to date? And where are you aspiring to take your career? I want to be able to just survive off it. Like I, I make a little money off the podcast, but it's just not enough to be like. So, yeah, just just to be able to make make survivable money um, and have a fan base. But my most memorable um as a comedian um I don't know I guess are we still waiting for it or um I kind of like I'm very I live in the moment so I Mm. kind of have enjoyed every single stage time I've done because I just love being on stage it's my favorite thing to do so there's not like one I can pinpoint and be like that was better than you because even the ones where I don't do that well I have uh because I have like artist brain, we would do like mm-hmm. critique in college all the time. I'm like, okay, how can I make this better? I don't like beat myself up about it. But like for the most part, I have so much fun in every single, even if it's a show where there's only two people, if there's a show where there's 1500, it's like, so there's no, because I, you know, even the show I did the, when I first did Vicar Street in Ireland, that mm-hmm. should have been like the most memorable, but it was like kind of nerve wracking and it, it feels a little pressure. So actually some of the shows where it's only been like a hundred people I've had more fun at, um, a lot of the New York comedy club, I used, I was there getting up there like three or four times a week for like mm-hmm. two years or something before the pandemic. And I loved all of their shows every single time. Do you remember having like a welcome to America or like a welcome to New York specific moment where you're like, oh, this is, yep, I'm I'm here now. Like, you remember having anything like that ever happen? Um, let me think. Um, I guess some guy said he'd shoot me in the face. Wait, what? On the train, on the subway. It's always pretty much a New York thing um okay so let's back ooh. up um I'm glad you're alive but it was just, oh, he was a, just a crazy homeless guy yeah. oh okay I was like what did you say that made him go and I'm gonna shoot you in the face oh he was just like he was like fucking white woman I'm gonna shoot you in the face and I was like I'm not from this country 
<laughs> you, you you made the accent extra thick that day, huh? Oh, my top of the morning. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, but I also had, I feel like this was a New York moment for me because people say New Yorkers are, can I say cunt on this? People say New Yorkers are cunts. Um, <laughs> you can bleep me out if you know. I love the word cunt. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, but <laughs> they uh, they say that New Yorkers are that, and it's like, I think they're lovely. I think they're so nice. They're so helpful. They're so fr- I think Americans. Okay, you know when I said about the individualist thing, but I also will say this about your people. Okay. Americans, you guys are so nice. You're Aww. like, okay, yeah, you go like, okay, there's some crazy Americans who go do some crazy shit in politics and it's very selfish and very self-absorbed. But when you when you say, "Hey, can I have directions for somewhere?" majority of the times people will help. Um you know, they're they're friendly and want to help. Uh I had $10 hanging out of my bag and someone uh, it was like, hey, there's money hanging in your bag. And I just thought it was like, oh, that was so nice. Like I'm in this new country. And so I know, I guess there's good and bad in, everywhere, right? I was gonna say, do you feel at home yet? Or are you still like yes, adjusting? I, no, no, I felt at home when I, I say I broke up with an ex-boy. Okay, well, I broke up with an ex-boyfriend. I also haven't spoken to my mother in 13 years. She's like a nightmare. Um, But at the time, so this is seven years ago, I had been living with him, broke up with him. Uh, it was very stressful he was very not happy with the breakup and then my mother was also being a bit of a nightmare we still we weren't talking six years at the time but she was like banging my boss so it was was like a lot of drama I would see her even though we wouldn't talk and and no one knew she was my mother so because we were estranged for so long but so I break up with him I have this going on and my cousin's like we're going to New York I've never been before I went with her she paid for it and as soon as I landed here I was like this is where I'm meant to be this feels like my 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 place and then I went home saved up and a year later I was back here and best thing I ever did so uh I because I didn't feel at home in my own in my own town you know I was uh, living a couple of streets away from like a very extremely emotionally abusive mother that I had estranged and then I broke up with my boyfriend but we were working together and he was not handling it well so I just I, I you know I moved here and it was like oh I'm free I got to be this new person I get to live my own life there's no drama so it was great I love I love New York. I'm gonna be here forever unless someone whisks me away to like a hot country or a hot part go. of the country. There you go. Uh, she likes heat, both in people and in temperature. Uh, <laughs> you know, what advice would you have for someone who's who? I don't know who's all gonna hear this one day, but what advice would you have for someone that's like, oh, I would love to pack up my life and move to X place, or oh, you know, you know, what would you know? What would you tell them to help them get ready to help them? feel like it it could work do it you could be dead tomorrow that's it the thing is if you have the attitude of things will work out now I know this is the wrong thing to say in 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 COVID times but I'm sorry if anything that COVID taught you is that your life could be put on hold at any moment so if there's anything you want to do just fucking do it and that's what everything if there's a guy you fancy or a girl you fancy just say it and then if they're not into it then walk away because that's when you start being a creep when you keep asking same with the job if you if you want if you want to leave your job because you want to go try be a horse riding instructor for like three months do it you'll be fine you'll make you'll make your money back up in another time like like unless you're the type of person who wants to settle down and have kids yeah well then maybe don't go rushing off to Russia for a month but like even then do it before you have kids I'm always just like do it worry about it later money money comes and once you're willing to grind like this thing I work in as soon as my money runs out I go get a job in a bar so if, if you're the type of person who's like, okay, I could go, I could go to Ecuador and in three months deplete my money and not have gotten the job I wanted to get. Well, you just go home, you go home and you start again. It's not, you're never going to regret. 
definitely getting up and moving. Always move. Always move is my advice. If nothing else, if it doesn't work for your life, it'll at least work for your fitness. So, I mean, there's always that bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Just fuck it. You could be dead tomorrow. And that's, the, you know, the pandemic has shown that, that, you know, most people's lives have been put on hold for a year in Ireland. They're in a full lockdown. They're not going nowhere. If you get the yeah. chance, you, you know, my cousin's working from Mexico. Like, he's having a great time. I'm like, I wish I could do that. But well, you know, if we don't get out of this soon. You'll be zooming it up just like everybody else. So yeah. Yeah. have you done virtual shows? Yeah, 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 like thousands at this stage. Do you like doing virtual shows or does it still feel weird when you, if you can't hear the audiences in it? Because I know there's some applications you can hear the audience and some you're just like, I hope they're laughing. Yeah, well, you you know, for Zoom, if they don't have their audio on, you can see them laughing. And I genu- I tell them, I, I even if the host hasn't done it, I force them. I'm like, I'm not telling a joke until you unmute yourselves. And so they always unmute themselves from my set because I'm not fucking sitting here, not hearing you laugh. Um, but if it's something like um, like Twitch where you don't hear them, I just pretend it's like a really long TikTok. You know, like I'm just telling a really long story. But you know, you do that in the pod. I do a solo podcast every. Mm-hmm. You you hear me? I speak 17 sentences. God help the man who ever dates me. Like the poor. You know, no wonder the last guy was having anxiety attacks. I don't shut the fuck up. I can talk easily for 10 minutes without anybody responding. I could talk to a wall. I do it every week when I do my solo podcast. So it's fine. It's fine. And when you think about it, you can do the show and you're not leaving your house. You're not, it's a great great way that the world adapted to keep us doing what we love. There you go. And for people that may get stuck or snowed in this week or whenever they happen to hear this, plug yourself. Where can people find you online or in the real world, but in a safe, in a safe way, find you like, don't like find her in like a way that like, you know, you you can find me in the real world too. I've given people my address to send me presents. I'm a crazy person. I should not do that again. Um, Katie Boyle comic. Um, my podcast is The Shift. I do a solo podcast on Patreon, which is The Shift. It's also called The Shift on Patreon. But The Shift is just a regular podcast. And it, and, and yeah, come find me, message me. Um, but don't message me if I said anything dumb on this. I haven't drank in a couple of months and I'm extremely hungover. And so I think I said, does that make sense? 17 times. So please don't judge me on that. I'm just, I'm trying my best, okay? I had to, I went to a breakup. I had to drink. I I understand. And (laughs) since you have had your vast relationship experience, (laughs) I am just curious. I date some, I have a problem. I think of addiction. (laughs) I was going to say, uh, what is your best breakup advice for someone who wants to break up with somebody, but they may not know how? Oh, you know, I think no matter what way you do it, you're going to be the bad person. So I would say your best thing to do is, is just to do it. If you if you can do it face to face, of course. Um, sometimes it's just easier. I know I know it's real bad to text people, but sometimes it's just easier because you're just like I don't want to deal with that. So you're not a total horrible cunt if you do do that. I think it's um, but it's best obviously just do it in face and talk to them. I think the better advice we should be giving people is how to handle a breakup. So, you know we were breaking up on Wednesday. He was having a, he was having a meltdown. I said, I, you know, I don't, I don't think you want to go forward with this. I don't think we should. I don't think you should be having that reaction. He was like, if I'm honest, I don't want to go forward with this. And I was like, okay, great. And he was like, are you not going to get mad? And I'm like, no, because when it comes down to it, if, if you aren't sure about me, I want to be with someone who's sure about me. So I'm not offended. I don't feel, it doesn't make me feel ugly. It doesn't, it makes me feel shitty, of course, but that's, you know, that's not just because someone doesn't want to, Anyway, so I think the better advice is how to handle a breakup. Walk away holding your head head held high. You know, don't don't get upset. You're not going to change. You don't even want to be with someone who'll even put breakup on the table, okay? You're worth meeting someone. So just 
be like, yeah, it's cool. And same with the breaking up, do it face to face and, and just, just, you know, just be honest and nice. Like, sorry, it's not working out for me. That's my advice. Was that good advice? That was very good advice. And it kept me from asking a dumb sex question to go out on. So I what think What was we're the dumb good. sex question? <laughs> I know you have to be 45 minutes, but now I want to know. Um, okay. What would you say is either your best move or what is a move that some men do, but don't not enough apparently know to utilize? My best move is I lick their balls and put their balls in my mouth. And lads love that, I feel like, because they're just like, well, because it just shows that I'm willing to like, put effort in and you know I don't know they vote the last few guys have been like this is great um I think it just shows that you're willing to like try something different and that you like their body and stuff um um I love doggy style because then I can like you know because the lad is like grabbing your arse and it's like I feel sexy and it's uh I can play with my clit um so that's how I'll orgasm and they're hitting the right spot so doggy is like the best it's my favorite sex position and I guess that's, I don't think that the guy does anything. I don't, no guy has done some special move. I, yeah, oh, it's, every, all right. it's all right. I, I guess we just figured out why. I'm doing all why. the work, baby, okay? I, I guess we just figured out why so many women are doing squats at the gym. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. And there we go. Now, how's that for an ending, everybody? All right. So Thank you for, so much. This was fun. Oh, well, thank you for being on. And I hope that everyone listening enjoys. And I hope that they all come out and support. So please support Katie. Find her online. Don't be creepy. Like her stuff. Um, or shoot your shot, but do it in a way that might work. So for my guest, Miss Katie Boyle, I am Tabari McCoy. And thank you for listening to this episode of A Tight 45. <laughs> and yes, I know my voice just cracked. <laughs> And that is a wrap on this episode of A Tight 45. I want to thank my guest, Ms. Katie Boyle, one more time. Uh, if you didn't enjoy that conversation, uh, you're probably a very, very, very conservative person, uh, which is your right. But hey, if you listen to the whole episode, uh, that's on you. And if you really feel bad, uh, pray for people. That's what I would always tell you. Uh, in any case, uh, make sure you follow Katie on all of the various social media channels and catch her as she's performing at a venue near you. And of course, uh, feel free to check me out online. You can catch me at tabarimccoy.com and you can always shoot an email. What's on your mind? Let me know. Uh, drop a line, tabari at tabarimccoy.com. You can check there as I'm getting ready to try and start booking a few dates here and there as this pandemic is hopefully finally subsiding so we can get that together. And I hope you enjoyed this uh, post Valentine's Day edition. And I hope you got some love in your life, whether it's from another human being, whether it's from a pet that loves you, not the other way around, because that's gross. We ain't we ain't getting into that. That's not this type of show. Uh, but wherever it is, hopefully you love what you do, or people love that you do what you do the way that you do it. In any case, uh, make sure you go online, please subscribe. And if you'd be so kind, leave a review, because that's how you get bumped up in those podcast rankings, or at least that's what people tell me and whatnot. So uh, I hope you enjoy the show and whatever you got going on in your life whether it's a great moment or you're feeling kind of down i hope that it continues to go in a positive direction or that you at least get some form of happiness coming to you because i know that you deserve it 
unless you're a terrible person, because if you're a terrible person, I hope bad things happen to you. Hopefully you get gout. I don't care. In any case, I think, I, I think I'm about done. So as you're going to hear that lovely R&B track kick in and hear that lovely beat begin to get ready to take us out, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of A Tight 45. Catch you later, everybody. Love y'all. Thank you.